0: This month marks the 10th anniversary of when I did all the paperwork and officially started my photography business back in 2010. In January of 2010, I took a leave of absence from my master's program and I signed up for a photography class, which was my very first formal education in photography, and I also signed up for a business class. And I told myself that I was going to explore this idea of a photography business more thoroughly for a year and then decide whether to continue down the women's health focused road that I had been on for seven years or completely change course and pursue the seemingly wild dream of a photography business that had started to really take hold in my heart and my mind. Eight months later, in August of 2010, I had my answer. I officially quit grad school, which was something that was way outside of my comfort zone, and I started trying to find photography clients in earnest, not just doing odd jobs for friends and family here and there. And there are so many lessons that I have learned in the 10 years since. Beyond that, one class I took, I had no business background whatsoever and no role model or mentor for entrepreneurship. 10 years ago, the opportunities for online education were really small, I don't even think there was a such thing as podcasts. (laughs) And so a lot of the choices that I made and the directions that I took were based on little more than just sort of my gut instinct. And some of those instincts were wildly misguided. So today I wanted to take this anniversary opportunity to talk about some of the biggest lessons that I've learned in my 10 years as a family photographer. These are basically the top 10 things I wish I could go back and tell my 31-year-old self when I was starting my business. Because even though the fact that I'm still here means that I managed to figure them out before they totally derailed me, some of those mistakes definitely cost me in money and probably in more than a few gray hairs as well. So I figure if I can help any of you avoid some of my mistakes, I am here for it. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it and I can show you how. Lesson number one is always remember that you are running your business for your clients. Your clients are the ones who pay your bills. They are the ones that you need to get your work and your message in front of first and foremost. And I know that sounds obvious, but the truth is that it is very, very easy in the social media world to lose sight of who it is that you're really trying to impress. Because unless you're trying to specifically become an influencer or get clients who are uh, based specifically on the number of likes or the number of followers that you have, those numbers are more or less immaterial. The thing is, we don't own our social media platforms. The algorithms change all the time. The trends come and go. I remember when I first started, I was really focused on you know, how many followers I have on Facebook. And the fact of the matter is, I could not tell you if you put a gun to my head at this point how many followers I have on Facebook and I barely post there because now everybody's on Instagram and people are moving to TikTok and it's, you know, who can keep up? The thing is that little ping of dopamine that you feel when you see a new like pop up or you get a new follower, those things can lull you into a false sense of accomplishment. But they don't earn you money, at least not directly and in most cases. There have definitely been times in my business where I have looked at my social media numbers and compared them to other people's and felt like, why don't I have more followers? Why don't I have more likes? But the fact of the matter is, I've never really focused on that because it's not where my clients are. It's also not what my clients care about. And so even though that can be a little bit of a shot in the ego, I try not to pay too much attention to those metrics because they don't affect my bottom line. Lesson two is be strategic about how you spend your business dollars. We all know (laughs) that there is a lot of expensive stuff to buy out there in the photography world, and it's easy to get confused on how to allocate your budget. Gear, software and education are usually the biggest culprits for photographers when they get bright shiny object syndrome, right? And it's easy to understand why. But when it comes to making a purchase in your business, my best recommendation is that you don't invest in something unless you can clearly articulate how that purchase is going to improve your business and or your bottom line and why that thing is the most important thing for you to spend your money on right now. What problem does it solve? How long is it going to take you to earn back your investment by using that new purchase? These are all important things for you to consider. So for instance, when it comes to a piece of software, is that new website platform going to give your prospective clients a more professional first impression that will then help you to justify your higher pricing? Or is it really just that you're bored and you saw that new template and it looks cool, so you're kind of thinking about changing? When it comes to education, is the course that you're thinking of signing up for going to teach you a tool or a skill or a system that will help you increase your income or streamline your workflow or learn a skill that you can then turn around and quickly market and make more money with? Or is it just kind of like, You like the teacher's photos and you think it would be cool to learn something from them. And then there's gear. And gear is sort of the easiest one, I think, to to train yourself away from pouring money into. Because it's kind of a cut and dried thing. Like, sure, that new lens would be awesome to have. But in reality, are your clients going to be able to see a real difference in your work? Is it going to make them more likely to hire you? And for that matter, how quickly will you be able to incorporate new images with that lens into your portfolio that are going to move the needle that far? Most of the time, I'm going to argue that gear should be the very last place that you spend your money. The newest gear is expensive and it's often unnecessary. But I say all of the above with the caveat that there's nothing wrong with taking a class purely for the fun of it or buying a new lens just because the artist in you is dying to have it. You just need to be sure that you have a good handle on your finances and you don't put your business in the red if that's not going to quickly turn around and earn money for you by making that purchase. Lesson number three is take your time. And this is the one that (laughs) nearly broke me because I am not always super patient when it comes to goals. I kind of want to go all in all the way. But when I think back on my early days in business, I know I was too rushed in a lot of instances and I was trying to do too much at once, which actually slowed me down rather than helping me move faster because I was making decisions that were more short-term oriented than long-term oriented. The best example that I can think of off the top of my head of that was when I was Early in my career, learning to edit. So the first course that I took on editing was based in Adobe Photoshop. And I learned how to do all of my editing in Photoshop. And I got, you know, relatively good at it. And, and so I, I had my workflow in place. And I kept hearing people talk about Lightroom, which at the time was still newer, certainly than it is now. And people talked about, like, Lightroom's great. It's so much faster. It's so much easier. And I was like, yeah, but the thing is, I'm really good at Photoshop now. I know how to use it. And if I have to stop working in Photoshop and go back and learn Lightroom, even if I like it better, I'm going to be way behind. And it's going to, you know, I'm going to have to have it for a thousand years before it's going to make up that time lost. After... (laughs) three years, probably, of dragging my feet about learning Lightroom, I finally signed up for a class and learned it. And lo and behold, it was instantaneously so much more efficient, so much faster, so much better than any of my work in Photoshop had been. And I immediately regretted not taking the time a little bit earlier to to just sort of pause, take all that advice, learn this thing and put it into place. Building a business is like losing weight (laughs) in a way that allows you to keep it off, right? It requires patience and small steps every day. It also takes some focus and some attention and setting your goals ahead of time. So I would recommend that in order to kind of take your time in your business, you want to just set goals a few at a time and give yourself the chance to achieve those goals before moving on to your next goals. When it's, especially when you're new, it feels like there are a thousand things that you should be doing at once. And there are, right? But you can't do a thousand things at once as a human being. So, and if you, if you try to, you're probably going to burn yourself out or you're going to fail. So I guess the biggest question then is like, what do I do next? And if you need help figuring that out, definitely go back and check out episode 15 of this podcast, which was appropriately called, What Do I Do Next?, which will help you make those goals and decisions, but then set them a few at a time, achieve those, and then move on to the next. Lesson four is systematize everything. So (laughs) one of the great things about taking your time is that as you figure out what works, you can create systems that allow you to repeat your successes with everything from your client workflow to how you manage your taxes to the systems you use to bring your clients back year after year. Once a system is in place, it frees up your headspace so that you can continue to move on to the next goal. I think about this like the circus performers who spin the plates on sticks. So they start out with like one or two. They get those going. And then once they're up and spinning, they add another and another and another. And before long, they have eight or 10 or 12 plates spinning all at once. And all they have to do is kind of keep an eye on which ones are starting to wobble and give their attention to those. And that's what systems in your business are like. They make it so that you can manage a lot of different tasks at once and be much more efficient with your time overall. And you guys know my example for this one. The simple sales system that I created in my business to run my post-session sales workflow with my clients has totally transformed my business. I spend a fraction of the time working with my clients directly, like I did when I was doing in-person sales but I'm making just as much money per client and a lot more money in my business overall. But I also use systems for other things, everything from keeping track of my finances, to calling images, to managing social media. And one of the hidden benefits of having a system is that once you have a system in place for a particular task, you have the option and the opportunity to outsource that thing. So if you have a specific system for editing, you can then teach someone else to edit for you. Or if you have a really good system for responding to emails and some good email templates in place, you could hire a VA to manage that system for you. Lesson five is that as photographers, we work in the service industry. And this is easy to forget. A lot of us get sort of caught up in the fact that we're artists. And so we place a lot of importance on the art that we are delivering and Assume that that is the most important thing to our clients. But the fact of the matter is that just like any other business in the service industry, we are often competing with that triangle that is the fast, cheap, or good, you can only pick two conundrum. So if you're not familiar with that phrase, it basically talks about how you can be two out of three of fast, cheap, and good to succeed. You can be fast and cheap, and you don't have to be very good. You can be cheap and talented, but you don't have to be very fast. And I'm going to take fast, and I'm going to take that out of the equation because I think that our turnaround times as photographers are not usually the thing that make or break whether someone hires us. I would say that instead of fast, it's easy to work with because we have a very high-touch business where we're inner you know we're interacting with our clients oftentimes in a kind of intimate familiar way whether you're spending someone's wedding day with them or if you are photographing their family in their home or if you are a boudoir photographer and you've got someone in their underwear who is trusting you a whole lot that interpersonal skill and that level of service is so 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 important. So You can be really good at your job, and you can be easy to work with, and then you can charge whatever you want. (laughs) You can be easy to work with and relatively inexpensive, and then your work probably doesn't need to be very good. But if you are very good at what you do and you charge rock-bottom prices, maybe you can be a diva, but why would you want to have that particular triangle? So I would say that if customer service doesn't come easily to you, consider it a really good and relatively easy way to focus some of your education dollars and have those dollars turn back and work for you very quickly. Lesson six is that in this business, you want to create, share, and stick to a really solid set of policies. I've said it before, Clear policies are any business owner's best friend, especially in the art world. The art world can be so murky and difficult to navigate and people make assumptions that they shouldn't make all the time. So clear policies allow you to create and manage your client's expectations. They allow you to avoid confusion that leads to problems and avoid frustration on your client's part and your part. And that creates the best possible foundation for a positive relationship between you and your clients. Lesson seven is don't try to do everything. You are amazing, no doubt, (laughs) but you are not amazing at everything. And even if you are, you still only have 24 hours in a day. There are a million hats to wear as a solopreneur, so you really have to pick and choose the ones that work best for you. Choose what you photograph, under what circumstances you photograph it, and what other tasks related to your business you are able and willing to kick ass at, right? Outside of those things, you need to figure out what you can get rid of, just delete it altogether, or delegate it to someone else. Lesson eight is make photographer friends. This business can be so lonely. <laughs> Solopreneurship is is hard. We work in something of a vacuum. We often are not following some prescriptive set of rules about how to run our businesses. And so we second guess ourselves a lot. If you are able to find a community of photographers and then nurture those relationships, you will find so much energy, support, inspiration, and possibly even work opportunities through that and it's also going to allow you to give those things to other people. In the long run, you always gain more than you lose by expanding your creative network. Lesson nine is don't be afraid of money and numbers. And I struggled with this for a really long time. It really wasn't until I got divorced and I had no option but to get a 1000% clear on what my business was earning And what I was spending that I was able to fully understand my numbers and what I realized was that all that time that I had spent feeling nervous and not wanting to look too closely at my numbers that was just wasted time I was fearing something that like it wasn't perfect and looking at it you know I realized that I had to make some changes and whatever but I felt so empowered once I had a clear understanding of what I needed to be doing in order to succeed. It just gave me like a huge kick in the pants to be like, okay, you can do this. And I have now worked with a lot of students over the course of time who are running their numbers, often for the first time, and they sometimes are like great, no problem, and many times do feel overwhelmed and they feel like, how am I going to make this work? But one after the next, after the next, I have seen them take that information, process it, and then come up with a plan. And the difference between that plan and what they had been doing before is that their new plan actually has a chance for success. It is not possible to run an unprofitable business for the long haul in any way that's sustainable profitability is what people are in business for so coming to a place where you understand where you are and where you need to be and then figuring out how to bridge that gap is nowhere near as difficult as just keeping your head in the sand in the first place and then finally lesson 10 is to never be afraid to ask for what you want I see artists all the time who (laughs) it's almost like they're waiting uh, for someone to discover them or carry them off to their castle in the clouds. (laughs) It's that sort of like you you can't wait for your ship to come in. You have to swim out to it, right? 99% of us are never going to have someone discover us and hand us some golden opportunity in this competitive business. You have to go out and be your own advocate. I ask for referrals and reviews from my clients. I ask for introductions to people who might be able to help me or teach me or put me in touch with another person. I ask for advice. I ask for time. I ask people who don't hire me why they didn't hire me. Basically, I ask for things even when asking makes me feel uncomfortable or vulnerable. But here's the thing. When you ask, it's true, someone might tell you no, which is always a bummer. But if you don't ask, the answer is definitely no, 100% of the time. And I would rather give myself better odds than that. So before I sign off, let me give you a demonstration of that last one. Like I said at the beginning, this is the 10-year anniversary of my photography business. And whether you would like to get me an anniversary gift or maybe you're a fan of the podcast, I would really appreciate it if you took three minutes to review This Can't Be That Hard on iTunes. Reviews are the number one way to help other photographers like you find their way here, which means that I will be able to continue bringing you material like today's episode. And just in case you aren't clear on how to leave a review Apple does not make the process very intuitive or obvious, but I created a couple of one-minute video tutorials, depending on whether you want to use a computer or a phone. And you can find those at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash podcast. And seriously, I really appreciate it. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.